Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. 99.36% and FPL super producer, but not champion, Ian Stimson! <laughs> I got mixed up for a second, but I saved it, okay? I saved it. Let the record show that I saved yeah? it. Yeah? You saved it about as well as Kepper. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Keppered the intro. Uh, he had a good Keppering this morning. Uh, we are recording Sunday, and uh, Chelsea had an FA Cup victory, and Keppa did a Keppa. It was, it was pretty nice. Pretty good old time sake. Yeah. D, D, denominative, denominative, sorry. <laughs> What's the opposite of nominative determinism? Yeah. Denominative? Nope. Anti-nominative? Nope. It's just nominative. It's just nominative. Well, no, but he's not a like a good example of like it's not. not it would be nominative anti-determinism. Inferred nominative. <laughs> well, this has started well. Yeah. Uh, should, should, should we just go again? <laughs> it's it snowed today. And welcome. Uh, well, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We are happy to have you. We are one American and two Brits who try to talk about the Premier League, but mostly go off topic. Uh, and we usually like to start things off with our famous segment, Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening, Cristiano Ronaldo is now the highest scorer of all time, say many reports, but not all, after the 760th goal of his career scored in Juventus's 2-0 Italian Super Cup win over Napoli. But is it true? Ronaldo has scored five goals for Sporting Lisbon, 118 for Manchester United, 450 for Real Madrid, 85. So there's no doubt about his figure, but there's confusion that seems to come from his goal-scoring rival of olden days, a.k.a. Pele says he scored 7,000 goals in friendlies, <laughs> and it counts. Yeah, it totally counts, yeah. When he's kicking a ball against a wall that's got a goal, like, painted on it. That, that, they all count, they all count. Goal, goal, goal. goal. All goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Pele, just keep rolling them out. Every time he pops a bluey, but gulp. <laughs> <laughs> if he flicks it in. Oh. Not not his winky, the pill. <laughs> no, you said popped a bluey, flicked it in. Oh, what am I supposed no, to think? I'd have said thumbed it in. You um, can't. Oh, now, now we're, that was both an open disapp- goal. we're both disappointed with each other. And that links us back to goals. Um, I don't know. Has he scored? That's quite a lot of goals, isn't it? That's quite nice. A bit greedy, if anything. Maybe less. <laughs> really? Yeah. He should have passed more, shouldn't he, Ronaldo? He should yeah. pass more, yeah. Hey, if Messi can pass, then Ronaldo can pass. But but what are their assist of the assisters record? That's what we all really want to know. <laughs> the oh. Andre Arshavin Award. <laughs> Blimey, here's a blast from the past. Next story. Players who compete in a European Super League will be barred from international competitions, world football's governing body FIFA said. FIFA and the six confederations, including UEFA, reiterated that such a competition would not be recognized. Uh, FIFA and UEFA agreeing on something? Question mark? Weird. Must be a lot of money in it for the both yeah. of them. <laughs> Immediately, I'm not sure. I'm all turned around on the Super League now. If they're against it, I'm for it. Yeah, no, they seem to actually be agreeing for once that they're just going to bar all these players from any of their own tournaments, which would be fun. That'd be interesting <laughs> to see. To see, A, if it ever actually happened and it was all talk. Not the Super League, because I think at some point something will happen, whether it's in a new form competition or whatever. But whether, A, FIFA and UEFA allow for these sanctions so these players can't represent their nations, or B, 
how long that sanction were to last should it actually happen. Yeah, they have to miss one minute. <laughs> That's it. You're banned from one minute during warm-ups, too. It doesn't have to be during a match. Yeah. Come on. You think they're going to run the World Cup with a bunch of pub teams representing their countries? Like, no. They want the big-name players who would be the ones that would be in the European Super League anyway. Well, like, I suppose it's probably to get the nations on side. Because if you think about the bigger nations, they have more players who play for the teams that would likely form the European Super League. So, therefore... If those players aren't allowed, it's going to bring down the average of the traditional great teams like, you know, Germany, their team's all Bayern. So if they're in the Super League, that's it. Germany's rolling their B team out. Right. Uh, England is mostly top six teams. Um, obviously, we don't know what permutation or whatever would, would fit into that. The French team, I don't know, they mostly pay for those clubs. Italy, um, Spain. So Belgium's all in the Premier League. Belgium's all in the Premier League in those clubs. So... I think it's probably to try and get the nations on side more to have some weight to it to prevent it, unless the big teams just put in a fuckload of money to FIFA and then they don't worry and it's all backhanders. But FIFA categorically, I must say this for legal reasons, have no proven history of that. They don't really do it. <laughs> no, no corruption at FIFA at all. Um, the, the problem with this is that there's no there's no real playing chicken with the negotiations, is it? Because the the European or Super League. Either either happens or it doesn't, and if it happens, then you've got to sanction them. If you said you were going to, like, there's no sort of halfway house of negotiations. If if this Super League happens, it's all it's all happening at once, and then it, a load of players just get dropped out. It's yeah. it's not like UEFA to uh, make a big threat and then not actually follow through with any sanctions or punishments other than a fine of about sixteen pounds and one order of Domino's pizza. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows though. So if it, if this Super League was to happen, it would be purely driven and organised by the clubs. That's that's how it, it sounds would work. like it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right. But it's that's the emptiest threat fucking ever. Like we already have an international competition with no good players. It's called the Olympics, and no one watches it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's soccer at the Olympics. Can you tell me who the last gold, specifically gold football? Medal right. Okay. Women's? Okay. It's just, it's just when you said that, it just sounded like you were saying no one watches the Olympics. Like, probably. No, no, no. The Olympics in general is obviously quite watched. But like, yeah. literally, can you name even uh, one of the finalists at the last men's Olympic gold, gold medal game? James Tompkins played for the, the GB team in 2012. <laughs> there we go. See, we know loads about it, Oscar. What are you talking about? All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, to a much better and less funny but good news, and that is that the Premier League has formally agreed to trial the use of permanent concussion substitutes. Clubs approve the trial during a shareholders meeting on Wednesday, although there is no start date yet. The trial will begin when the implementation of the reporting processes has been resolved. The new rule means that up to two permanent substitutions can be made in the event of head injuries, even if all replacements had already been used. Bravo! Do... I mean, I... This is a great thing because head injuries, be careful, you know, with seeing more and more the effect on uh, players in later life and, and uh, players from the 60s, 70s dying early of um, brain-related issues uh, and, and complications due to things like Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, etc. But how much do you think teams will use? Because players already go down, right? Holding their heads, holding their faces to get substitutions, do you think that there would potentially have to be punishments after the fact if it came out that, say, that player had not suffered a concussion? 
Uh, that seems incredibly dangerous. I know, right? Because it's got to be suspected concussion and you've got to allow for that. Of course you have. But do you think teams will just use that and say, oh, we thought we had a concussion because he got hit on the head and it's a way... I'm just playing Red Devil's Advocate here. (laughs) (laughs) That it's a way that these teams that wanted five subs could just use five subs. Like, just tell a player, go down in the 80th minute and hold your head. Oh, by the way, ref, this is one of our free concussion subs. We think he might be bad. It's a pos- I mean, that's probably part of the thinking behind putting a limit of two on there. Because that seems pretty, like, what if, like, a third player gets a concussion, all of a sudden he has to keep playing? Like, why two? That seems really dumb. That should- seems like, to me, like, it should be unlimited. So that must have been a conversation that they had behind the scenes. They were like, well, you know what, why don't we just say it's a maximum of two so people can't abuse it too much? I'd imagine something like fines after the fact would be an option. Although that's really tricky because, like, different doctors... Yeah. Would maybe make different diagnoses, especially around like brain injuries. Like what one doctor might say is like a borderline concussion is what another doctor would be like. Yeah, no, that's very clearly a con- concussion. Like it, it's such a yeah. tricky just because with actual concussion, there's limits to, especially in certain sports. I don't know whether there is in 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 football, but in certain sports, like they won't let you play anymore once you hit a certain number because they're like, no, it's it's now too dangerous for you because of the the repetitive. Injuries. I'm sure that's a thing in like the NFL and possibly in rugby as well. And obviously, where you're more susceptible to it because you've got people going in with their heads low and tackles, etc. Right. Well, okay. So that I mean, apart from the obvious fact that that's a good idea because you don't want people consistently getting head injuries because, as you say, there's lots of evidence that then that causes problems later on in life. That would mitigate the the possibility of what you were talking about there, Chuck, which is the most depressing idea ever that teams would use it to. Uh, you know, get an advantage and get more substitutes, which probably would happen because obviously... Yeah, Stoke exists. <laughs> but like, at least with what you said there, that, that if there was a, if a player gets so many concussion, I mean, I don't know how, what what, what would happen then? Their just career mm. is over or... Yeah, I mean, people's yeah. careers get ended for injury related reasons all the time. Like, I mean, that does, people voluntarily choose to do that, obviously in real life already. Like, Stu Holden was a an American example where he was come up and coming. He played for Bolton a couple of seasons. Yeah. He was like a really exciting young American guy. People were like, oh, this might be our first like great central midfielder. And then he like well, got like a really, really bad head injury and was like, no, nah, I'm out. And just like retired young. Mm-hmm. And so like that is the thing that happens. I don't know if it's in the NFL because to me, it I'm, from what I understand, I'm not at all an NFL fan, so I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure they're bad about concussion stuff. Like that's like the big thing against the NFL is that they don't take care of their players enough when it comes to concussion protocols and all that. But that seems like something that would be a thing, at least somewhere, that like, oh, you are up to three bad concussions. You know, your punch yeah. card is punched out. No more. <laughs> at least at least if that was in, it might sort of mitigate against, because uh, players would kick against it then if their manager wanted to said to them, you've got to go down with a you know, concussion because we need a substitute. You, at least then they might you might get some kickback from players about not doing that. Well, no, but, but that's what I mean, because it's suspected concussion. So that the... The, the whoever looks after them on the pitch can say, oh, I'm not too sure. I think he may have concussion. You get to oh, use the free right. one. And afterwards they go, oh, no, we've looked at your scan. You're absolutely fine. Ugh. I can't see that being enough of a problem, really, to derail the whole thing. Like, I hope not. You oh. have to give, especially even the player side of it, like they take their own health long term more seriously than the club might or the manager might or whatever. Like they are going to self-regulate, I would imagine, as far as like really egregious cases of that, you know what I mean? Like they're going to be like, no, if we fuck around with this concussion stuff, like we will end up with less protections maybe. And we need to keep our protections for our own long-term health benefits. Like you'd like to think so. 
All right. Well, on that depressing note, let's move on to another <laughs> depressing story. Brentford will report an individual who allegedly racially abused striker Ivan Tony on social media to the police and other relevant authorities. Tony, 24, received the abuse on his Instagram. On Monday, the championship club complained to the social media provider and the user has been banned from Instagram while the offending post has been removed. But the club wants police action. Cool. Good. Yeah. Because all that happens, you, you just see another one. You see Dave064708 instead of 067407. You know what I mean? They just start a new account and a new thing because there's no regulation. And it's not that you want to get to the point where it's a nanny state where you have to put in your ID uh, because obviously there are then dangers for various other reasons with hacking of, of putting in, in America, social security numbers or in the UK, providing proof of identification and uh, be that passport or driving license. But, it's, you know, there needs to be stronger action. There, there has to be deleting someone's, um, or, you know, or to be fair, banning Trump has seemed to work. I don't really hear about him anymore. <laughs> but but it, it, it doesn't stop these people from just doing it again and again and again. They're hiding behind um, avatars that are just bland. They don't put their real names on there um, and they can just hide and abuse these players. And, and again and again, we find ourselves talking about it because it's necessary and, and these things need to fucking stop in this world. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite tired of like having one weekly slot in my five rapid fire news stories for the racist story this week. Um, mm. And I'm sure our listeners are tired of hearing about it, but you know, keep plugging away, keep fighting that fight all the time. I don't want a that to become a fixture so much that like it almost warrants a jingle. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a persistent fucking thing. You know what I mean? A feature of what we do. But so help me God, if it comes up, we will mention it every single time. And I don't care whether people get bored of it. I don't care whether people get bored of listening to it or the fact it feels like we're repeating ourselves. This is the world we live in. This is the stance we take. That's it. Well said. Suck my dick if you don't like it. Very good. Okay, well, let's move on to the fixtures then, gentlemen. Sound good? Ready for some football? Football! Oh, Jesus Christ, the football's gone on for ages this week. I know. It's <laughs> it like, really has, This yeah. is going to be like half of one game week and half of another, or this is like a split double kind of sort of weird week. But we're starting off with Monday, January 18th, 2021. Arsenal 3, Newcastle 0. Arsenal 2.3 to Newcastle's 0.2. So a very, very solid performance from Arsenal here. Gentlemen, I didn't catch this one, but have Arsenal turned it around? Has Aubameyang turned it around? That's the, that's the thing. Two goals and suddenly Arsenal uh, look a bit rosy. If, they, if he can just keep scoring at the rate he used to, Arsenal, it'll paper over a lot of cracks that Arsenal have got, I think. Spoiler alert, he can't keep scoring at the rate he used to and that's the problem. Well, this is it. But remember when we kept saying that about Harry Kane. So let's yeah. wait a second. Let's just wait a second there. Um, I think uh, to be, well, to not be fair, first of all, they're playing Newcastle, uh, yeah. who are fucking woeful. To not woeful. be fair, first of all. <laughs> who are we not being fair to? Arsenal. Oh, to be God. anti-fair, first of all. <laughs> anti Nominated defense. No, no. Um, oh god, I'm stuck again. They uh, Arteta went uh, Lampard last year route and has played a lot more of the younger players. And we've said a few times that um, Saka and Smith Rowe have been great since they've come in. Uh, they've just got Thomas Party back and uh, someone else came back from injury. Insert name here. Um, 
So they are starting to be a bit more coherent. And we've said quite a few times that it's just if Aubameyang can actually start doing what he does again on yeah. top of that, that would be good. So that's obviously what you're alluding to there, Ian. But pinch of salt, man, when you're playing Newcastle, who are at the moment, I'm almost certain, like, I'm not even going to look it up, but they're the worst team in the league. Like, you watch them, they're not <laughs> doing anything to go forward. At least Sheffield United, like, yes, they've been awful, but they're still trying things. Fulham, uh, keep eking out draws or coming very close but they're turning the corner and performing um you know but Newcastle are really in danger now of of dropping back I think a bit but Arsenal getting what 12 points out of the last possible 15 it's not bad it's not a bad run 12 13 points sorry maths they're getting alarmingly close to Chelsea which is incredibly depressing and I don't want to talk about it (laughs) let's talk about it they've played 19 games 27 and 29 points Yep. You know, it's close to 13 points in your last five versus four points in your last five. And we've literally been talking about Arsenal being absolutely done as a force. So while I'm not suggesting that they're not done as a force, because I think they are a long way away, does it cause you concern, Oscar, that, you know, Chelsea are now within a couple of points of them? And we were talking about Arsenal as if, oh, we don't even think about them as a top four team now. Um. We'll get to Chelsea in detail later, but my answer yeah. continues. No, no, no. I know, I know. But my my answer continues to be: I'm upset, but not worried. Not worried yet, at least. Okay. Um, approaching worried, closer, more and more, <laughs> rapidly approaching worried. But to to Arsenal's credit, though, like unexpected points, they're on twenty eight point four, and Tottenham, who've been having such a mighty wonderful season, are on twenty eight point seven. So like. They're they're mm. almost dead even with Tottenham on expected points. So like I do think that maybe we've been anti-fair to Arsenal. <laughs> a little uh-huh. bit. This feels like you're taking a piss out of me now. Hang on a minute. Chuck feels slighted. Hmm. I'm not quite sure how on what level yet, but <laughs> but ob- objectively, and if you look from uh, as take it completely as not you're a Chelsea fan and Arsenal are Arsenal. But you've got two teams that are kind of in similar situations. And we said that last year. And it's just where they go from it. They've both got very inexperienced managers Mm -hmm. um, who have been able to, you know, Frank's been around uh, some great managers in Jose Mourinho. And was he managed by Pep when he was at City? Was it Pep's first season? No, I think that's the year that Pep had off because then he came to NYCFC and Pep was living in New York that year. Anyway, but Arteta's obviously learned from Pep. Uh, as well and had to spend his time there as an assistant kind of role and going into his first role. Arsenal, we've said for ages, need a massive clear out and a big reset. Chelsea kind of had that because of uh, what happened with that one year transfer ban and that they needed to go into a reset. But, you know, then you have to look at it as Chelsea have spent 200 million and back their manager this year to try to get further along that point and Arsenal haven't. But... Arsenal have spunked a load of money on people in the past, you know, like paying 72 million for Nicola Pepe and he doesn't play at all and he's getting completely done week in, week out by um, Saka and, and or even Smith Rowe is playing ahead of him in those positions. Uh, so I, I think kind of they're still, now that we've got a bit more of a sample size, they're still fairly balanced in where they are, which is kind of what you'd expect, that they they have a base that they can both kick on from potentially, if they keep faith in their managers. It's just that at the minute, whereas before Arteta was in a bad run of form and is now picking it up, before Frank was in a good run of form and is now 
not really getting the rub of the green. And now, of course, Arsenal have got rid of a massive hole in their balance sheet every week. They might be able to uh, spend a bit of that money on securing... Was he bringing in a load of Fortnite money? Oh, do you think his Twitch stream was going straight in, into the Arsenal's coffers? Yeah. I mean, problem is Gunasaurus now. He was only in a job because of Özil. I mean, Özil was paying his wage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, Gunasaurus straight out of a job. Oh my god, we didn't think this through. Or he's going to Fenerbahce as well. You never, you never <laughs> think about the innocent bystanders. I love the idea of Gunnarsaurus turning up in Turkey being like, Hi, I followed you. (laughs) (laughs) I thought our contracts were tied together. No. (laughs) Um, But what I'm saying is, though, now that that hole in the balance sheet is gone, maybe they can secure some of these youngsters on on proper contracts that might mean they don't get sold to Chelsea or whoever. So maybe Mm. the future's a bit brighter because of Ozil moving on. But I suppose time will tell. I think Smith Rowe is on like 10 or 15 and they've offered him a contract which is worth 40 something. 40 grand a year. Gunnosaurus was on more than that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting because I would see him now at a similar kind of stage as like Callum Hudson-Odoi was a couple of years ago. Now, granted, Hudson-Odoi had Bayern sniffing around. Chelsea went from 30 to like 200 grand a week for Hudson-Odoi. Right. And Arsenal are in a similar situation with a player and are going from 15 to 40. Yeah, but that's literally market forces. Like, you just described capitalism. <laughs> it's not well, about how talented he is. It's about what he's worth on the open market. And if you want to keep why, that asset... That's why, capital, that's why socialism should rule! <laughs> I'm taking a knee right now. That's how Marxist I am. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really are. <laughs> but, yeah, different, different companies, different football clubs value assets differently, or certainly how they react to things. So I think what this thing is, is whether the same player would get a better contract at another club. Not right. just, you know, this is this is how much he's worth, because that's not a, you know, that's not something you can definitely Yeah, I guess say. The, the, the use of worth, wow, we are really getting into semantics. This is like true <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> yeah, self-indulgent shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just going to move on. <laughs> fine, fine. Okay. Next match. Uh, Tuesday, January 19, 2021. We had the West Derby. This one's for all the Wests. That's right. We had West Ham 2, West Brom, which I'll be in 1. Go West. West Ham 2.2 to West Brom's 0.5. West Brom, worst team ever? I'll get over you. I will continue I to ask this every week until one of you says, yes, they are the worst Tim team ever. Is that what you want? Go West. Stop, um, stop saying No. That. Westbrook, why? It was go west. There was a theme. <laughs> no, I know, but... King just... of Wishful Thinking from the film Pretty Woman. Your constant aside. <laughs> go on. It's what, it's what the Patreons are here for. Uh, it... No, Westbrook, they were good. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, I suppose. I see your point. That They are on 9.6 expected points. They have not broken into double-digit expected points yet. Mm. We are halfway through the season. Yeah, but Sam Allardyce is... is I still think somehow... I don't know. For me, six teams are staying up that should get relegated, in my mind. But um, <laughs> Big Sam takes time, and then he just runs. He just gets really good runs, and we'll sort it out. And I'm really hoping that it's Brighton and Newcastle that drop into the relegation zone, and Fulham and West Brom stay up. I don't know, man. It's starting to give me dog on fire vibes. Where he's like, "It's fine. I'm gonna." He he never goes down. He never goes down. He never goes down. Don't set. We can't stress this enough. Do not set dogs on fire. <laughs> 
Come on, you know what I'm talking about. The dog in the room that's on fire drinking coffee. That's Big Sam. Just put someone, one of our listeners, Photoshop Big Sam's face onto the dog, and then it'll say, this is fine, I never go down. I Photoshop a pint of wine in front of the, the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I do the 538 numbers? Please do, can yeah. Can I do it? Because sure. I, I looked at this the other day. Um, yeah, West Brom, 91% for relegation. and uh, Okay. But, but what's weird is Sheffield United, 92. So... What? That's the, ridiculous. The stats, the stats are saying that still possibly <laughs> there's like a 1% variance that West Brom could finish below Sheffield. That's how it works, Oscar. Don't fucking... Yeah. I find that hard to believe because as you said, he, uh, Sam Allardyce has got a great record. I mean... The model doesn't care about the names. That's the point of stats. It doesn't give a fuck about the names. It doesn't give a fuck about like... It just looks at numbers. But you say that as a good thing. What I'm saying is a predictive, a predictive model. Can it not look at, oh, but they've changed manager now this is, you know, a better situation for them defensively or should, should maybe be. Maybe they would have been 93 without Allardyce. Who knows? I'm asking a lot. I'm just, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> that actually naturally leads into, thank you, the next fixture, because on Double Pivot this week, and I'm going to plug a different podcast, uh, very, very dry, the personalities. They're not as funny as us, but they're way smarter. They had a really, really amazing discussion. Like, the entire episode was just a Frank Lampard episode, but, like, half of it was, like, how do we measure managers? How can we say with any sort of certainty using true analytics and statistics, like, what does it mean for a manager to be good? How do we measure that impact? The answer is basically, we don't have that yet. There's no way to know, so we should try to avoid it in math until we're at a more advanced Spoiler place. Spoiler I was going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> you don't need to, no. How I know how it's going to end. The answer is always, maybe so, maybe no. It depends. <laughs> Ask a smart person something, and the answer is always, it depends. <laughs> They're very politician-y. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but let's move on, because they did spend that whole episode talking about Frank and whether he should or shouldn't get fired and how good of a manager he's done. He's been. We had Leicester 2... Chelsea 0, Leicester 1.2 to Chelsea's 0.6. So just a straight up loss. Leicester were better than us. Good, you know, fair play to them. Genuinely, like played out, they, you know, we sucked. <laughs> did Leicester get, Leicester didn't even need to get a penalty, did they? No. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Like a 1-0 win against Fulham. Like a battling win against 10-man Fulham, in fact. And then, yeah, lose 2-0 to Leicester. I mean, how... Uh, you know, I'm happy to talk about this as much or as little as you want right now, buddy. <laughs> this, is a safe, this is a safe space. I just want you to feel feel comfortable. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very, very nice to feel taken care of. No, someone's got it. No, I mean, look, my take is what it has been. I think Frank has done... I don't think Frank has done a good job. And for the record, I hope I've never, like, said that, even if maybe it was kind of implied. I don't know that he's done a good job. I also don't think that he did a particularly bad job. I also, more importantly, think that that's a moot point now. Like, I'm not going to have this debate for the rest of my life. Like, well, actually, I think Frank wasn't that bad. Like, I'm, fuck it. Whatever. That's done. Right? I do think he wasn't that bad. I don't necessarily think he deserves to be fired. But he's, one, definitely going to be fired. He's getting in arguments with reporters and being a real dickhead in press conferences now and, like, slagging off his players and everything. It's getting ugly. That's the Mourinho coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, but, like, yeah. Mourinho without the, like, trophy. Wit. Yeah. as well he's very Mourinho's always got that layer where he could potentially hide behind the fact he's not 
directly saying it to someone. Whereas, whereas Lampard just goes, you. Your articles. You're an asshole. I don't like your articles. You This newspaper on this day and you, you wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking bitch. That was, uh, that was ugly. I didn't like seeing that. He's getting defensive. You can tell that it's really toxic. And I think that at that point when you do lose the clubhouse, you lose the locker room, whatever. Mm. It's much easier to fire a manager than to fire, you know, an entire squad's worth of players. And I also think that we have an amazing squad of players. Um, there's a much, much deeper and better analysis of the Frank Lampard situation. If you want to listen to 45 minutes of the double pivot, talk about it. Short answer, it was a complicated thing. He didn't have new signings. Then he had a lot of new signings and COVID and all that sort of extra stuff. And so, like, it's a big shrug. I don't know how good of a manager he was. But also, like, let's move forward. If he's going to be fired, he's going to be fired. Already like, talking about him in the past tense. It's that it's that done a deal as far as you're concerned. I really do. Yeah, it feels, you know, I've been a Chelsea fan long enough to know when the manager is about to be fired. And it feels like <laughs> I was surprised that he managed this morning against Luton Town. I genuinely thought he wouldn't kick off. Watford fans get the same feeling in their loins yeah, 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 as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. it's like every time a, a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Every time that a breeze walks by, I'm like, oh, Frank's going to be fired soon. <laughs> I see. I had a uh, an analogy in my head right then, and I really thought you were going to say it. That it's almost for Watford fans, at least. It's very much like uh, in Game of Thrones. Every time a Targaryen's born, you flip a coin. Uh, for Watford fans, it's just like you wake up, you flip a coin. Is the manager going to be fired up. today? <laughs> Are we going to have a new one every new day? Yeah. yeah so it feels like that. Because do you think then? maybe now hindsight being twenty twenty, is that perhaps those players weren't necessarily bought. For Lampard. No, I definitely don't think that they were bought for Lampard. I also, and this was something that the double pivot went into and have gone into at different times more than I have particularly. I don't think that they had a a cohesive enough vision in their transfer strategy. It was just like, let's sign as many really talented players as we can and maybe we'll build something on the fly. But like every expert was like, what's their lineup going to be? Who fucking knows? Big question mark. So like if they had had more targeted transfer strategy with the 200 million and i know that i sound like the whiniest fucking crazy fan in the world my <laughs> club spent 200 million but they didn't spend the right way <laughs> like i know but COVID, but like not kovacic uh kai havertz in retrospect while i like having him at chelsea and i think that he's hasn't been a flop he had fucking covid and like really bad covid and he's like in a new country and all that extra stuff like give him a break i think that money spent either on a backup to Ziyech, because when Ziyech is hurt, we're fucking terrible, mm-hmm. or a backup to Kante, because if when Kante's hurt, we don't have a midfield. Like, none of those other guys are true defensive mids or central mids. Yeah. 70, 70, you know. mil, 70 mil price tag as well, once you get to that point. I mean, I took the piss out of him earlier, but it's not his fault, like Nicola Pepe. You've got Nicola Pepe, Harry Maguire, Kai Havertz, uh, Arisa Balaga, that have all hit 70 yeah. million as price tags, so you're like, how do you quantify that? I do think Havertz is worth that, just maybe not to this Chelsea squad at this exact moment, given the other players that we already have. Um, I don't. I still like him being at the club long term. I think he's an amazing young talent. If nothing else, we'll be able to do a De Bruyne and sell him for insane profit, where he can go be the best player in the world somewhere else. Insane profit? Mm, I don't know. Onward and upward. What am I going to do? It's sad. I still love Frank. I still don't think he did that bad of a job, but I also don't think he did enough to prove that he was good. It was just a complicated, weird year and a half. That Like, what a fucking crazy-ass world we live in. Like, what are you going to do? Do a manager swap with Hodgson. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they did uh, Chuck talk about how Frank might be a good fit for Palace. You might want to listen to those 10 minutes. Well, Rafa Benitez just has refused to sign a new contract in China. So obviously that coupled with Steve Bruce slagging himself, his club, <laughs> saying, saying he's like a mediocre manager or something like that. Like, like you're showing it, mate. Um, <laughs> especially when you play four strikers against West Brom and don't score or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, there's starting yeah. to be a little bit of interesting stuff thrown around as we like almost like a, a domino effect of managers could happen. But yeah. I still don't think Palace get rid of Hodgson uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, although I guess that is the natural question, and I'll see what you guys think before we move on to the other fixtures. Like of the names out there, the big ones are like Hasenhutl, Tuchel. Um, Tuchel can f- fuck off. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The the whole racist. Thing. Yeah. 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 Don't really want him at the club, but at least tactics wise, he might be an interesting fit. Who do you guys think that Chelsea should be going for? I'm so fucking mad that we're firing Frank and didn't. When we're two weeks late to get Potch, like what a fucking mm. stupid club. They should have gone for Potch and thrown all the money at him, but whatever, it's done. Like, Do you think Potch would have gone to Chelsea? For enough money, sure. He he burned the bridge at Tottenham, so then he could join Stamford Bridge. <laughs> I just, I don't know, that with without some really firm promises of, of money to do what he wants mm. after Chelsea have just spent so much. I just I, I just don't know whether I see that deal happening either way. I don't know. But like you say, it, they probably should have given themselves the option if they were going to get rid of Frank. They, you know, they certainly should have tried to pursue Potch. And for a little bit, you know, going to PSG, you can just bump his CV up with having trophies on it. You know a few what I mean? French like titles, he was, yeah. He was, there, he was there three days and won a trophy. Obviously, everyone goes, <laughs> oh, Pochettino's won his first trophy. Like, you know, he managed one game to get a trophy. You know what I mean? Like, steady 100% win record. There you steady. go. <laughs> this is why, this is what you mean about meaning behind stats. You need them. Um, and, you know, for him as well, on that weird 18-month contract, which is like a fucking loan deal, effectively... But at the same time, getting to go and manage players like Mbappe and Neymar and shit like that, like mm. you know, there's the, there must still be that level to to uh, to managers. And he'd been out of the game for a while. Like you need to a little bit of his name gets built up by him being absent. Um, but he's a good man manager. But as we've said before, like he builds quite a big cult. And if he isn't, then going to get refreshment and things built in, and because he, he demands a lot out of his players then it becomes a bit tiresome. So a team like PSG makes sense. Yeah, I think a team like Chelsea probably would have made sense, but he would never have gotten the time. That's the problem with a club like Chelsea. Like up and coming, something to prove managers, you're not going to get that chance if it doesn't go right quickly. You just Now we did bring Jose back. Jose 3. The return of the Jose. (laughs) 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. He was the special one, then the happy one. Now he can just be the old one. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, let's move on then to Wednesday, January 20. We had Manchester City 2, Aston Villa 0, Manchester City's 3.3 to Aston Villa's 0.6. City are just going to run away with the league, except for, wait, what's that? KDB out? Long-term injury? Best player in the Prem, maybe? I would say it's a, is it a long-term injury? Well, six to eight weeks now, isn't it? Yeah, they play a game every two days. That's a season's worth of games. (laughs) He's going to miss about 20 games at this rate. Well, yes and no, because their defence has been great recently. And they haven't, they've been playing a little bit like 
uh, how we said Liverpool, sh- like when Liverpool actually won the league, how they went, like they didn't just go gung ho and have to make up ground or whatever. They were just, their defence was solid. And mm. they were just getting like one nils or just keeping clean sheets. Like how many bloody clean sheets have they kept now in a row? Like five out of six? It will destabilize their tactical system though. Like he is the central nexus for all creativity. So like if he's missing, then they have to like move other people to either those areas or shift the creative burden to other areas, which is then gonna Phil Foden, mate. Like, Phil yeah, bloody Foden. Like, the real question is who will he play instead of Phil Foden? That's the that's yeah. the real question. <laughs> you think Foden's good enough? He's not obviously he's not De Bruyne good. I'm not saying that you think that, but like, is he good enough to deputise for a few weeks? Getting better and better. It's um, unreal. And like now that he's actually finally getting like before, Foden would get like 500 minutes a season and be good, or like 700 minutes the next season and be good for all of those minutes. Now he's getting up to playing like nigh on 90, like 70 to 90 minutes every single week, and he's just doing incredible things. And he's 20, like. Fair enough, we slagged him for a while, but Pep seems to have, like... Well, obviously, he knows what he's fucking talking about, but he's made Foden into, like, a ready-made thing that he's just incredible. I I love watching him play. I love owning him in FPL because he's, like, always on the ball and doing something positive with it. He doesn't Mm. seem to, like... Like, if he does lose the ball, it doesn't seem to be like a, say, like a Bernardo Silva or a Mares, where you're like, you've just taken about seven touches too much to get to that point. Like you had three different times where you could have passed and it would have been the right thing, but you've now run down a blind alley and you fucked yourself. Whereas he, like he's taking those chances and doing those things quickly. He like, uh, still losing the ball and whatever, potentially in some situations, but it's just so much more positive and better for the team, I think. And I would be more concerned that City, well, again, now Aguero's got COVID, um, which we hope he recovers soon, but I just don't think we're ever going to see him again um, with his contract running out. And Gabriel Jesus, like, is not a player. Like, he's no. just not a player that can fit <laughs> in that role yeah, for City. Yeah. I think they thought he would be a few years ago, but he's just never gone to that. And he, like, always underperforms his XG so much and just is not nah. Foden is really fun to watch, though. He's like, great. Like, yeah, every time I see him on the ball, he's one of those players that just your eye is drawn to him. I can't imagine how much fun he must be to watch in a stadium. Yeah, which always heightens that like natural magnetism element. He's getting that David Silva kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And he's he's stocky in a skinny way, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of. You know who has that actually is like Eden Hazard. He's small. He's not like a big dude. And he's not like stocky, stocky. Well, more recently, he is, but <laughs> he looks like he's hard to get pushed over or or bullied around, despite how small he is. And Foden gives me those vibes. Like I wouldn't want to try low, to play. low center of gravity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sturdy. All right. Well, from one Manchester club that is looking very strong, and I think the most likely to win the league, to another Manchester club that probably the traditional narrative at this point thinks is the most likely to win the league, and we had Fulham one to Manchester United's two. Fulham 0.8 to Manchester United's 1.7 on XG. So a very comfortable, exactly to the XG scoreline victory for Manchester United here, who are now truly top of the table too. You look at it, they're on 40 points um, and pulling away from some really big names like Liverpool are, what, six points behind, Tottenham are seven, uh, Chelsea are 11. We don't want to talk about that. Um, (laughs) I think you just did. Yeah. Is it like, is it Manchester United are back, baby? I don't want to say it because I don't want to admit it to myself. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. Well, it could be that there's a lot of people who are going to have egg on their faces. And to be honest, we don't claim to be experts. We just make shit up every week. Or at least I do. Oscar knows things. Um, but, I mean, they went one behind again. And like 21 of their 40 points this year have come from losing positions. Which is like, is strong. And like, that's good. But to say like, oh, it's the fight in this team or whatever... It just seem it still seems to me like that's not I don't know. Like that just shouldn't be a good thing to celebrate for a team that's meant to be the best team or, or supposedly back or the biggest team, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like that should be celebrated that you keep going you keep conceding first to Fulham or a West Brom or a mm. or whoever. And then you're like, oh, we fight to get back. Like, nah, just fucking, just fucking win and keep a clean sheet. Yeah, like, exactly. because that's that's what we said Liverpool were for ages, and it was great to watch. But then you know they'd lose the league by a point, or they wouldn't get anywhere, or they'd be three 0 up against Palace, and then it would be three all. You know, what I mean, just examples I can pluck because I will always remember that fucking game. It was great, um, but it just doesn't. I don't know. Like they, they, it, and it still feels like individual excellence. Yeah, pulling them through rather than the manager doing because Bruno Fernandez has had a bit of a dip in form relative to himself. Like he's still an incredible player, and I won't have anyone saying like all this bollocks. Oh, he's overrated or whatever. No, no, he's great. That's yeah. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Truly, statistically, it's him, Grealish, and De Bruyne like just destroying the league on everything. Yeah, but it's now coupled with because you haven't really heard much from Rashford. Um, po- um, Marshall very recently, but Pogba has just all of a sudden come through. And is taking these wild shots that are somehow going in or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it still just feels like individual excellence is carrying them through rather than a coherent team-based structure. I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps. I think it's an interesting thing that Fulham haven't been doing brilliant this season. And it took a, uh, wasn't it, the first goal was Cavani, wasn't it? And it was pretty much gifted to him. It was spilled into his path, wasn't it, by the keeper? Um, and then Pogba's, as you say, mo- moment of genius. Where that was a lovely goal. But if you're relying on, the, and I'm not, I'm not having a pop at Man United. Really, they they're top of the league, and I think they probably deserve to be there because it's been. A, a, I remember a couple of seasons ago we were talking about no one seems to want to win the title. It does feel a little bit it does like, feel that like that again, this year. yeah. But um, so I'm not having a pop at them in a in a massive sense I don't have a particular anti-man new bias but um, it's maybe slightly worrying that it takes two sort of individual moments exactly as you just said there Chuck to, to put Fulham away because um, if you're going to be relying on those sorts of things when you play Man City it's not as likely to happen if it wasn't for the fact that I'm pretty convinced as Oscar sort of says you know I expect Man City by the end of February I expect him to be six points clear um, if it wasn't for Man City, I think it'd be it'd be great fun because I think there'd be a genuine chance of a four five way title race, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean with KDB out for a significant amount of time, that very well could be yeah, like maybe. the one way that we get a title race back on. But I'm glad that you guys said what you said about Manchester United because I absolutely agree, and the underlying numbers do indicate that there is some truth to what you guys are saying because their numbers, while they've been good. And probably one of the best teams in the league over the last like five ish weeks mm-hmm. um, are not particularly stable uh, because, as you mentioned, it does rely on quite a bit of individual brilliance. And like Pogba is a genius with the ball at his feet and he will score worldy goals from time to time. Like that's what it means to be 
one of those like just world-class players. But that's going to happen like once or twice a season. You can't rely on that as a strategy going forward as a team. And you can have 11 amazing individuals, and if they all do one amazing worldie a season, like that'll buy you 10 extra goals, which could which is going to go a long way towards a few fair points. But long term, like you want to be consistently putting up numbers that even if you're you have three really good guys who all happen to go through a cold streak at the same time because that happens it's not going to completely fuck you because there's stability in those underlying numbers and their underlying numbers while they've been good for the like really recent run of games still have them seventh unexpected goal difference per 90 like they're below Leicester and Tottenham on underlying numbers over the course of the entire season that's on football FB refs numbers by the way which is uh powered by Statsbomb so I'm going to use those from time to time um, on expected points per understat, which is a little bit of a messier model. They're about level with Leicester again, but further up uh, the rankings. But like the nature of having to rely on individual performances leads to low XG chances being the thing that you're relying on, just like Tottenham were at the beginning of the season, where it was like, well, as long as Son and Kane can continue to be super world-class players and run hot and overperform, the underlying numbers will be fine. And the moment those two guys fell back down towards Earth, like, they're still really amazing players, but, like, you know, that's how that happens. And so that is kind of where I'm at, at least in terms of my take on United, is that they're running hot right now, but to me it doesn't particularly seem sustainable, or at least I haven't yet been convinced as to, like, that being a long-term trajectory. But it could well be that they have built up enough points that it doesn't fucking matter. Like, who knows? Maybe they just run away with it, even if they're not the best team. Like, that happens. Uh, speaking of the best team or not running away with it or something, I don't know. Let's just <laughs> get into... the jingle! That's right. Let's cue the jingle Thursday, January 2021. Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burn my out of the week. A true master of the form, the originators, <laughs> the ones that we named it after. Burnley doing a Burnley up against Liverpool. Liverpool 0, Burnley 1, Liverpool 1.7 to Burnley's 1.1. Not that dramatic of a Burnley. It's not even one, but when you, when finally we don't have to hear that stupid, oh, for four and a half seasons, Laurent's beaten her. Apart from, although I would like uh, when they say that the run has ended, you know, to say who was the team before the run began. <laughs> Sam Allardyce's Crystal Palace, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, and they were nearly fighting. Klopp was so angry, and it was great because he's just everyone seeing. Yes, he's a German Holloway. I've been saying it for fucking years. <laughs> he's fair weather. Once things stop going his way, he'll start fighting. And now, instantly already, there's so much things I see on my timeline about him getting fired or moving on or being in his like six year slump that happened at Dortmund. And like, suck it, Liverpool fans. You got one time. You got your title. Now shut the fuck up for another. 30 years. Oh, dear. Yeah, call him up, Roman. <laughs> we need a manager. Yeah. Klopp is the best manager uh, yeah. in England. Well, no, Pep is, but get Klopp! <laughs> Yay! And actually, while we're saying, I wish they would mention the, t- the team that was the last time they won. We- they should also probably mention the team that was the record they were chasing, because I saw a lot of people being like, oh, they're getting so far. They were so close. They were so close. They were an entire season's worth of home victories short of the Chelsea record. So thank you very much. Put some fucking perspective and some respect on that. 89? 89, Chelsea? 86, I think. And these guys were at 68. So like 18 home victories short. 
but we're talking about how, oh, they were so close. Fuck you guys. You weren't that yeah. close. Put for some respect on that name. For perspective, <laughs> I think the closest to the record now is Man City, uh, and they need another four and a half seasons of not losing at home <laughs> to equal the record. Uh, Liverpool. What's up with Liverpool? Klopp going to get fired, actually? No. I think we're talking about uh, uh, 87 shots Liverpool have had uh, without scoring. That's not something that's going to continue. Um, nope. Someone who you uh, uh, retweet a lot from your uh, stats community, Oscar, is it Grace? Yes. Um, tweeted that um, the chances of that happening, XG-wise, 87 shots without a goal... Um, was 0.16 percent it's not it's not going to carry on so it's just that they've got to find their shooting boots again it's a, a strange one without a doubt it's you know it's fucking delightful <laughs> it's uh, Li- liverpool haven't gone four league games without scoring for 20 years but that just shows that it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit of an anomaly surely so i don't think liverpool will have to panic i don't think there's any genuine clop out things happening I share your delight, Chuck, about Klopp uh, starting to unravel a little bit in press conferences and stuff, because I think, he's, as you say, he's got it in him, which could be really funny. Um, and seeing him and Dyche uh, down the tunnel was brilliant at half time because uh, <laughs> Dyche obviously said something Klopp didn't like. Klopp sort of starts chasing him down the tunnel and shouting at him. Dyche turns around and Klopp just stops. <laughs> there was a very sort of real, oh, I didn't expect you to turn around. <laughs> and then it just sort of peters out very slowly. But it was, it looked very heated until Dyche turned around and you just got the impression that he was like, yeah. oh shit, I'm going to get a slap here. But uh, you can bring your dinner at all, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Klopp but, was like, hold me back, bro. Hold me, somebody hold me back. Please, damn, someone, hold me back there's no one there, no one in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was an interesting uh, squad selection, if not only from an FPL point of view for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Triple captain going with how'd that go, Ian? That go well? We'll get to it. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it was it was an interesting squad selection because I think when you're struggling for goals, I don't know whether he was trying to mix it up. Or like deliberately to try and sort of get someone new in who might might be able to do something. But I feel like you've even even though it's Burnley, you've got to just continue to play your strongest team, haven't you? And just get the scoring monkey off your back, surely. Yeah, but he wanted to the scoring monkey. That's that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Imagine having a scoring monkey on your back. Um, uh-huh. It felt like he did it because he came out afterwards and then started saying, well, like, but words to the effect of, well, you've all been saying I should rotate my team. So, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what, so now you're going to use people on Twitter as your bit? Like, bro, <laughs> fucking bear, man. Like, give me yourself. Maybe when you were playing fifth literal, like, 16-year-olds that had to be dropped off at the ground by their parents, maybe <laughs> then you didn't need to run out of team. Maybe you didn't need to sub on Salah for those guys. Maybe, like, you know what I mean? There's all these other times, but when it's like, oh, you know what, here, we're in a bit of a slump and we need to sort this shit out in the league maybe we should do that oh no we'll just get humiliated and lose 1-0 to Burnley um, after you know five games ago we put seven past Palace gutted mate we broke you um, and then they've been dumped out of the cup tonight by Man United 3-2 as we record so you know there was your most Salah goals as well Ian congrats oh was it um, oh god two of them good oh, so, delighted. Yeah, you know, like, delighted for him so they're what Liverpool aren't in the League Cup they're not in the FA Cup 
They aren't looking like they're going to win the league now. Bad times. Mm. Bad times. And I will say from the outside in, it has been very, very nice and comforting to have the similar situation going on over at Liverpool than fucking Chelsea do, because I can, I've seen firsthand the power that narrative has to wreak havoc on a club. And the idea that there's even people remotely talking about, if only in jest, clop out is so fucking amazing because they're so clearly so much better than these results. And yet people are like, oh, crisis. Rah! And I'm like, yes. Anyone other just than taking Chelsea. taking a little bit delightful. of the heat off Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, a bit. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. It's, like, right, the, it's like the scoop of sour cream on top of the chili. You know what I mean? It just takes a little bit of the heat. <laughs> a little bit of the heat. Yeah. Bit of the heat. Exactly. All right. And then the last fixture of the oh, week. God, we're going to have to talk about Newcastle again. Fuck yeah, it this, one, this one can be short. I don't have particularly uh, hot takes on any of this, but Aston Villa 2, Newcastle 0, Aston Villa 2.6 to Newcastle 0.4. Aston Villa, here's a fun stat for you. Had 91% of the chances in this match. <laughs> I love it. And hang on, how many strikers did fucking Newcastle play? Uh, well, I don't know if that was this game, but there was a game where they played like... It was it was Carroll oh, I and it was Wilson. Villa. Okay. It was, no, it was the game before. I'm sure they played Carroll and Wilson and Joe Ellington and Almiron. Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought that was this one. Right, gotcha. It was like, yeah, but that was a bit of a mess. Sorry, I, the, yeah. No, not no. so short like that. No, no. Villa are good, man. Like, they're great to watch. I I hate it, like, in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, they've... Obviously, they, you know, pinch of salt because they have a billionaire owner, like, cool, whatever. They spent a shitload of money, but they got Dean Smith, they backed him. They've kept Jack Greenish. They've added people around him to take the pressure off. They took a few calculated risks that, for the most part, now are paying off on balance across the season. And, you know, they're, they're like 20% according to five... I'm, I'm doing the 538 numbers this week, yeah, Oscar. There you go. Good. They are like 17% to make the Champions League. Fuck me. After, after half a season with two games in hand. Wow. Okay. Like, they win, their, they win their two games in hand. They're above Liverpool. Wow. I mean, that's a hell of a season from Dean Smith and, and the team, isn't it? I mean, I think this, this game just... you There was never any doubt... I'm a bit upset with myself that I didn't put money on Aston Villa and a clean sheet, you know, because mm. I don't, I just don't think it was ever in any doubt. Um, no. Steve Bruce is doing things his way now, though. So, you know, how long has he been in charge? And he's now doing things his way. It's good to see. Good to see. Um, while you guys were talking, I was sorting some stats for the... FB Ref has stats for the entire big five European leagues combined. I'm glad, I'm glad you're using your downtime productively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys were saying smart things. Um... Jack Grealish is basically third behind Neymar and Messi in shot creation, dribbles into the final third, uh, dribbles into the penalty area, all of the major categories for creativity and like dribbling. Grealish is as is like playing five best in Europe in every fucking category. And his calves as well. His calves. Oh. I think he deliberately puts on those tiny yeah. um, shin pads and the little socks to make it make them look even more impressive. If you had cars like that, you show them off all the time. How do you get? How do you get cars like that? Is that is that like a diving? Lots of diving. <laughs> Lots of diving. <laughs> Fine. Fine. It's actually a calf body double. Um, <laughs> yeah. He gets a he has a mold of someone else's calves and he gets them attached to right. the back of his own leg so that when he walks around, it looks like he has calves. Yeah, conspiracy we'll theory about, started. We'll talk about my... that in the conspiracy theory. <laughs> <Yep>. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Just uh, no more court cases, Jack. 
Stop yeah, being please. a little little toe rag off <laughs> off the pitch. Yeah, that'd be nice. And stop diving. I don't know. Next he'll be taking his sister's birthday off and oh. <laughs> hashtag smashing mummy. Oh, I knew that was going. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, moving on then. That's enough soccer. Let's do other stuff. Oh, predictor league, league of predictions, because we haven't done it for ages, and people kept asking me. Well, I say people. A person asked me a couple of weeks ago, and I said I'd do it, but I didn't mean to, and I forgot because I couldn't be bothered, and it didn't make sense. But now we're halfway through the season. Um, predictor league, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everyone should know what it's about by now. If you don't, then there's no point explaining it to you. Uh, Dan Parkinson, shout out Dan Parkinson. Uh, still last hundred points because um, <laughs> Tottenham aren't getting relegated, mate. Strange that. We move uh, to us. So out of thirty-three people, uh, Oscar, you're twenty-fifth. True to form. Uh, Love it. Awkward. Um, Alex Sampson, you're the one who asked me. You're in twelfth, mate. Well done. Seventy points. Joint, although, oh no, wait, maths. Joint seventh, sorry, with me, Ian, Finley, Blair Williamson, and the average between the three of us. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> that is a bunched up league. Yeah, exactly. And then above that, in, in uh, joint fourth, we have Adam P, Gabriel, and Dave Mateo. Uh, big Dave. Uh, joint second, Van Dam Zam Danby and James Doncaster on 64. And top of the pops, he's still there. Smitty, Chris Smith, Smith Smitty. and Wesson on 60 points. Good stuff. Smitty's on for the £50 so far. Predictably, right, that's my bit done. There you go. Ian, do you want to talk about FPL? Oh, you might want to talk about FPL. How'd your week go? Oh, you played triple captain, didn't you? Ooh, um, chips. I think I don't want to be one of these fair weather FPL players who doesn't want to talk about it when he has a bad week. Uh, but should we move on to the bluffer? Um, I... But you are. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, had a shocker. Bad, really bad week. Um, decided against uh, to play the. It was always a plan to play the bench boost, and to do that, I'd have had to with all the mess of fixtures and crap. I'd have had to have taken a sizable hit to go through with the bench boost. I decided against it, and I decided that instead I would triple Captain Salah. Uh, on the face of it, it seemed fine because my bench did shit. Only got seven points between them, um, but obviously triple Captain Salah went very badly. Um, I've still got the bench boost for the future, but I mean, you've absolutely tomped me the last two weeks, Chuck, and you haven't used a chip in them, so it's... No, you beat me by one point last week. Okay, but a loss is a loss is a loss. So. Which annoyed me, because you've beaten me by one point, I looked, four times this season. Have I really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so annoyed. Yeah, like... that's why this was a bad season to choose the head-to-head as the sort of format of our rivalry, whereas overall score-wise, we're getting much closer now. Mm, yes, is your five games ahead of me now, so fifteen points because I clawed one back. Uh, one hundred and ten points for the week uh, after points hits. No chips played. Very nice. Um, really, yeah. Well, I was always going to go for a weird captain choice. To be fair, but it was between Cancelo and Antonio, uh, who were. I think I brought both of them in this week. Actually, nice. Um, yeah, for Call- I, Callum Wilson, got rid of him because Newcastle were fucking awful. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I captain Cancelo, who came close. He, get, he gets I mean, Wil- extra points Wilson for coming close, I think. Wilson to Antonio is an absolutely brilliant transfer. That's just, yeah, yeah that, that was, that's brilliant. That was good. And I prefer, like, it's, it's also that element of just, like, I like watching Antonio play. Mm. And so I want that in my team. Like, yeah, I love Phil Foden. And now that he's getting the time and he's super cheap, like, he's just in my team. And, like, I was getting annoyed that Bruno Fernandes kept scoring every week and I didn't have his points. So I brought <laughs> him, him in. in my team. Yeah. yeah. You know, Sounds like, simple, isn't it? Just, 
Easy. Yeah, simple, isn't it? <laughs> Although, looking at it now, like, I had 15 points on my bench, so maybe I could have paid my bench boost, but it's... It wouldn't have been a bad bench boost, yeah. 15's pretty serviceable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Hindsight. What about, um, Oscar, your team, Stats Robots team, People's team? Which, what is it this week? How uh, it's it the... It's not my team. It's the community slash spreadsheets team. Went badly then. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, no, 98 points. That's not too bad. Oh, fucking Oh, that's good. All right, eat a dick. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Triple captain played on KDB. Uh, we also had returns from Kanza, Stones, obviously, famously. You're doing that thing, though, where you say the points without taking into account the points hit. You got 90 points. Where does it points, say that? Mate. I don't care enough to like remember where that is. I just see the big number at the top, and I'm like, that's what we did. Okay, you got 90. 90, okay. Yeah. 90, stop yeah. saying, and, and everyone, like, stop saying, oh, I got 98, brackets minus four. Like, you got 94. Like, that was your score. <laughs> don't yeah, do don't the math make for us me. do maths. <laughs> Do the maths yourself. <laughs> it's what you got. It's what you got. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well, 90 points then. Uh, we had returns from Kanza, Stones, Tiago Silva, Grealish, Bruno, uh, KDB, aforementioned, and then, uh, you know, double game weeks, but no returns for Cal mm. Wilson and Jamie Vardy. It was very much a week of, like, a lot of big names didn't really do much. Like, I was, mm. even though I owned them, I was really worried about Fernandez, Salah. I was worried because I didn't own De Bruyne. I didn't own Vardy. So... You know, as much as you say, Ian, I had a blinder, like there were a lot of things that had to happen yeah, for me to relatively do that well against you. Like on paper, I think nine times out of 10, you would have played a triple captain that week and it would have made sense. And all it would have taken, and I say all, like if Salah had scored two goals, Mm. you probably would have been level with me. Yeah. Like what's that? That's 10 points, triple 30. That's another 30 points. Well, you know, and of the popular triple captain options, I have to imagine KDB was one of the more returning ones, right? Because it's not like people were triple captaining stones. I mean, some people were triple captaining stones, but that's always because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like crazy ass people somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am happy I've got the still got the bench boost in hand because it would have been a waste of a bench boost. But it's not, it's never good to get that lower score off a, off a triple captain. Um, and now I'm left with the situation because the. The next big double is going to be game week 26 and you've got to sort of keep an eye on the FA Cup to see where how that's going to affect you. And then the blank is after that in game week 29. I'm left with having to free transfer my way to a bench boost because I then want a wild card afterwards to make sure I'm okay for the blank. So, Why don't you save it for the late season doubles? There's always doubles around like 34, 35. This is what I was going to say because I think a lot of people are letting the time of year affect the decisions more than how far away we are. Because yeah. we're like for a lot of teams aren't even at fifty percent of games played. True. Yeah. And and it's nearly February now. Like traditionally we'd be on we'd probably be what, another three, four game weeks along? Five game weeks maybe because of the fixture congestion. So like everyone's going like, oh yeah, I'm here, I'm there, like yeah. I've got this, like you know, this there's still half the season to go. I know, I mean, I've just been listening to like what the Patreons have said and stuff, but like on my own personal team, I always go into game week into the 30s with two yeah, chips and a wild it's, card. It's slightly like, different from other seasons, though. Where where I don't these know, man. Are game week land. 18 and 19 for chips to be played feels real fucking early. Like I'm with yeah, Trump. no, it is because you none of these are my decisions you, anyway. But like, it is, but you wouldn't usually have. Um, like crazy doubles at this time. And the the difference was obviously That's true. It, it it fit quite nicely with a lot of people using their first half of the season wildcard. Um where which usually true. is yeah. just a complete 
I'll just use it whenever because there's no chip potential in the first half of the season. Whereas this is the first season where we've had a big double and a big blank in that first half of yeah, the season where very, you could use your wild card. there was very little difference, wasn't there? You could wild card, what, two weeks before? Wasn't it the deadline ended or something? Yeah, so I, I exactly that, yeah. I wild carded, I think, into 16 and the... the, the double blank was 18-19 so that is it's different mm. this season I think the biggest double will be 26 and you're absolutely right Oscar there probably will be doubles scattered around just because of postponements and there is usually a big double in the 37 or something usually like right near the end um, yeah. but I think they're going to be smaller this season 20, ultimately I'm just going to go with the information that we know about which is that there's going to be a big mm. double in 27 and then there's going to be a blank in 29 and then deal with anything afterwards just However, I think that's the that's the main thing, especially like I know I've joked around about it and lucked out here and like, you know, I didn't want to play my chips in this because I figured, look, there's going to be a lot of shit happen. And fair enough for this week, it's kind of come out of luck because of the players I listed before just didn't perform well. Mm -hmm. But like I didn't feel the need like I had 10 players in the blank game week. I was fine with that because to spunk a free hit and potentially get like another six seven didn't feel right and especially and then obviously people bring in loads of leads and Southampton players and then they don't have the fixture like I was very churlish and joked about it last week but I do really think it's mad that people aren't thinking about the time I know you ha- you, you do have to use the information you've got but like when you see oh well there are still fixtures getting thing lots of players are testing COVID look at what's going on in the UK how bad our coronavirus response is what's going on left right and centre here is that like save it? We've still got a lot of season <laughs> left. Don't feel like because other people, I know it's after the fact now. So yeah. you know it's it's a lot easier to say this and say that that's what I'm saying. But that's why I didn't want to use anything in this period. That was my thinking because it was like anything could change in a second. Mm. So if I could ride this out well, well now I've still got my free hit. I've still got a second wild card, and I've got a bench boost still. Yeah. With double game weeks <laughs> and blank game weeks to come. So with the potential now, especially because the FA Cup. All the Premier League teams got through. Yeah. Um, obviously, there were fixtures where it was both Premier League teams, but the Premier League team won in every single instance. I think it's just West Ham left to play. No, maybe not West Ham. I can't remember who. There's still one more game to play, I think. Right. Um, so, so there's no non-Prem teams left in the FA Cup? That's crazy. That feels really early. No, well, we're still round five, four. Oh, so there would have been some fixtures that were like lower league versus lower league. Yeah. Gotcha. But, okay. what, but what I mean is, is that there weren't, any giant killings with Premier League teams. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. in terms of okay. the implications for FPL, it means like there's going to be more Plenty, yeah. God knows what's going on down the line. Yeah. And potentially there could be blank game weeks where there's only three fixtures. Whew. So like, what what do you do for there? Yeah. Do you, Good luck uh, navigating When you don't one. have a chip, do you build towards it and try to get 10 players, the nine players on teams that you don't want? Do you spunk a free hit chip on a game where potentially you're going to get fuck all out of it? Like, there's a lot still, but don't do any long-term fucking planning or stress about that. Good vibes. Good vibes. 110 points. No chips. So yeah, congratulations. It would be churlish of me to say otherwise. It's a, uh, 110 with no chips. It's so good. So good. That's phenomenal. That's genuinely so good. A three-digit haul once a season. Like, that's what we all want. That's what... Enjoy it. Hashtag PTS. <laughs> Yeah, I did actually. The Salah, uh, the the night of the Salah game, I saw he was benched, and I just went, "I'm done." 
And I just put my put my phone <laughs> I put my phone in the corner of the room, and me and Kel really watched a film because I just I oh, didn't I log on. So and so many messages. <laughs> I did. I was checking the delivered receipt. Well, look, we we joke about that whole hashtag PTSD, but that is what you got to do. I felt myself getting unduly angry. <laughs> And so I removed myself from the situation. And it's not even like you could turn off the Twitter app because you knew I was coming direct. <laughs> Seriously, my phone went in a corner of the room and I didn't pick it up again until the next morning. <laughs> yeah, and then it. all of a sudden a bunch of ravens showed up at your house carrying <laughs> scrolls. Each one just said, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been training them just for this exact purpose. Years well, he's had these ravens <laughs> ready to go. Well, I'm glad they managed to fulfill their purpose. So many behind the scenes for Game of Thrones to see how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Time well spent, mate. Time well spent. How did they get the ravens that far in a day? What? <laughs> Figured it out, mate. Yeah, Science. Time traveling ravens. So do the owls speak English in Harry Potter? I guess speaking of birds that deliver mail, I've always wondered this and I need to ask. Accent. Their accent's probably English, yeah, why not? But they're owls, mate. They don't speak I was going to say, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> they understand. Just, just, can you oh. just play, if you play theme tunes, it, you know, it gets us to the next segment, Ian. <laughs> oh, do you actually want right, the well, bluffer? Let's move on then. Let's get to some, uh, pretty, some uh, whatever the next thing is. Let's do the next thing. Yay. It's the bluffer. <laughs> yeah, the bluffer. There it is. Got some questions. Can you guess the answers to those? Someone talk. Hi, this is the bluffer. I invented this. I have lists of categories, and they'll guess how many they can guess. And then one of them says, "I don't think you could do that." And then the other one has to answer. Yeah, and if he does it, then he gets the point. But if he doesn't do it, then the other guy gets the point, and there's three points. And if someone gets all the points for the week, or two of the three points for the week, then they get another point, but it's a separate kind of point, because that's for like the whole season point of like who's winning for the whole season. And we call it the bluffer. This is the best bit of our podcast, and you just describe it in the worst way possible. Yeah. Literally, the only person listening now is Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Uh, all right, well, Chuck. Um, I got oh, by the a... way, and Jeff, if you are listening, just get a pen and paper out, mate, and just write the categories down yourself because I can't. I can't send them to you. Mate. I don't have them. I don't. Have, it takes so long. Sorry, uh, Jeff. I'll send you a picture of the the page in my notebook that I'm currently staring at. All right, uh, we did get an excellent suggestion from one of the Patreons, uh, the excellent Fulham fan Safira, who did provide a category for me that I. Safira, it's tough, gold, but, uh, gold, Chuck. <laughs> There have yeah. been 11 Golden Boot winners between the Euros and the World Cup since the year 2000. So Euros 2000, World Cup 02, Euros 04, so forth and so on. Can you name how many of the Golden Boot winners for all of those tournaments can you name? There's been 11 in total. Uh, three. Uh, four. Four out of 11. Chuck, do you want to go five? I don't know, because I, I do kind of want to play it honest, because I genuinely know three. Can you add in uh, France 98 and I'll make it four? Uh, I cannot, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I can't make it four anyway, because Ian did that. Damn it. Yeah. Can I do five? Yeah, uh, five. Five, all right. Can we go to more than halfway, Mr. Simpson? Six out of 11. No, I, I'm not going to go any further than five. Uh, right, what, we do, what am I doing? Uh, right, so there was no 2020, so we're going 2018. So Harry Kane was the yep. Golden Boot winner at World Cup 2018. Mm-hmm. 
2014 was James Rodriguez. Very good. 2002 was... Uh, oh, shit. Wait, when was... Did Closer win it or was it Muller in 2010? Mm. Punty McPuntface. R9 Ronaldo in 2002. Yes, the original one. Yep. Ronaldo. Original one. How many is that? Three. That's three, so I need two more. You're also, you also have the Euros to choose from. You've only done World Cup. Yeah, ones. you have good say, I yeah. don't. Yeah, I know, because I can't remember the Euro ones. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, when Portugal <laughs> won it? Nah. Oh, unlucky. You're going to hate yourself in a second. Was it Muller and Closer? They're both on there. Closer was 06 <laughs> and Muller was 2010. That's fucking brutal. When you said that, I was like, oh my God, if he doesn't get these five, he's going to be so mad. No, but to be fair, if I'd have said one, I wouldn't have guessed the other, I don't think. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's run through. Uh, Mr. Simpson, do you want to give me any guesses on this? Uh, I remember just because I had him in the fantasy tournament that year. Um, I think Milan Barosh was one. Yes, that's right. 2004. I remember I, I remember because I owned him from start to finish in that tournament. and It was an absolute wow. corker. I was 13. There you go. Any other guesses? Um, no. Uh, no, generally not. All right. Well, uh, you said all the World Cup ones, even if you didn't officially guess all the World Cup ones. Uh, but at the Euros 2016, it was Antoine Griezmann. Ah. At yeah, of course. Euros 2012, it was Fernando Torres, surprisingly. Hmm. And that was well into his Chelsea career. He went oh, off the... Oh, shit. No, of course, because that was when he... So he got the golden boot. He tied it. But he mm-hmm. got the golden boot because he went longer in the competition and he could have won it outright, but passed to someone else who got a tap in for Spain yes. to then win the tournament. Mm-hmm. There was someone else Shit. with the same number of goals and one assist, just like him, but he had less minutes. So I guess that's why they give it to him. But Fernando no, Torres, because he got to the final. It's because he got to the final. Oh, is it? So, okay. Yeah, I think that was why. Um, David Villa at Euros 2008. So Fuck, two Spaniards there, sandwiched Villa. between two Germans. Uh, and then at the 2000 Euros, there was a tie. So that's why it's 11. That's why it's an odd number. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce these because this was before my time, but Patrick Klivert. Yep. Was that someone? Yeah. And Savo Milosevic. Huh. Shit. Okay. No, yeah, Savo Milosevic. Well, there you go. So thank you to Safira yeah. for that excellent category. Yeah, Point thanks. to Ian. Ian is full on Burnley with this. If he goes one up. Because <laughs> uh, he... <laughs> yeah, he's just going to let you This guess. is game state now. I'm <laughs> play defensively yeah, exactly these xg numbers are uh tainted <laughs> with the early goal ian you're gonna Mourinho this one fpl i have collected the 15 players with the most points so far this season 15 because that's as much space as i had on my paper to write down names so how many of the fpl top points getters so far this season can you name of the top 15 okay um eight fuck you <laughs> Straight into over halfway. Yeah, Chuck, that's you. very aggressive. Uh, he can do it too, I think. Nine. Nine. Okay, nine. Ten. Ten out of fifteen, two thirds. Because he does an FPL podcast every week, so he looks at this shit. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Wow, eleven out of fifteen. Mr. Simpson, do you want to go to twelve? I will go to twelve, yeah. I would usually let him go, but I think I can probably do most of these. So yeah, I will go twelve. Chuck, let him have it at twelve, man. You're crazy if you go for thirteen. No, I did, they, I'm going to know all of them. Yeah, well, I had heard of all the fast food chains. It's not the hard part yeah, of the game. Yeah, it's just whether one of us says something stupid, that's all. So I would have to do 13. No. Well, you could go 14 or 15 if you prefer. 
Correct. Those are the options. Could put them on 14. What's the difference between 13 and 14, really? If you're going to guess here, you might as well guess 14 to make them go to the full 15. I'm just saying. No, but Ian won't go higher than 12. He literally (laughs) won't. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he went higher than eight. Uh, I know. This was almost a Beatles situation. He was almost straight in with 14. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Go on, go on, Ian. Get your point. Whatever it means. Classless. All the grace of a reversing dump truck. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Kane? Yep, 142 points. Sun? 139 points. Uh, Grealish? 105 points, sixth place. Uh, Bruno? Second place, 140 points. Vardy? Fifth place, 116. Uh, Bamford? Uh, Bamford, yes, seventh place, 103 points. You've named six out of the top seven. Okay. What point do I bring defenders into it as well? Uh, have I said Salah? Salah, that's the <laughs> other one in the top seven. Fuck it out. I suddenly realized I said Salah. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ. So you have hit the top seven all in a, a row. Oh, uh, blimey. Salah was on 129, so I need five more correct, please. Uh, Calvert-Lewin. Very good. He's exactly next on the list at eighth with 95 points. Uh, four more. Four more. What point do I go to defenders? Chuck, he's not going to get this. Congratulations. Um, um, he is. Rashford. He's Ian. Tenth place, 93 points. You have nine out of the top ten. Um, Robertson. Oh, you lucky, lucky. Fifteenth place with 88 points. You fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> you still got to get two more. Two more. Okay. Martinez. Wow. Good pull. The goalkeeper, 92 Fucking points. Hell. Yep. Um, and Very good pull. Um, KDB. KDB, ninth. You got the whole top 10 now. 95 points for KDB. Do you want to try to round out the three you're missing? This is very impressive. Um, oh. Uh, Suchek? Nope. Fucking hell, if I'd have gone 13. <laughs> oh. Wow, right at the 12. Uh, rounding out the list was another goalkeeper in 12th. Equal level points, 92 points, same as Martinez. And that is Pope. I don't know if I said the name there in that sentence, but Pope. Uh, <laughs> really? 13th oh, wow. place was Zaha, 92 points also. And 14th place Zaha. on 92 points also was Wilson. Oh, shit. If I, th- I think if I'd have gone, yeah, if I'd have gone more than 12, I'd have been fucked. And I'm and I might have, but yeah. Okay. It's always knowing what scale to go down to. Because when you said Martinez, I was like, "That's fucking insane to go for a goalkeeper." And especially when you were saying defenders, because well, there was only one defender in there, right? It was only just one defender. Yeah. I was I was wondering when to switch to defenders because I knew at some point you'd get down to. Oh, I was I was reaching because I'd done Calvert Lewin, Bamford, and I'd done a lot of the midfielders. I must admit, I missed Katie being until right at the end there. But I, I was wondering what point do I switch it? Because there must be a defender outscoring the likes of Neto and who was probably someone else I might have said. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think I absolutely got lucky with hitting 12 there because uh, any other way I'd have lost. Yeah, we get it. You won. You won, mate. You won. Oh, I won. I won. I can play music. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> That's my winning music. Yeah, and the fact that it, it just feels, yeah, you know it's really like just 
pushing a face down in the mud afterwards. That's what it feels like. Uh, I guess I can save the next category. It had 48 entries. So I guess I'll be happy to save that one. We need some consistency of of how we do these, because I feel like me giving out the categories to select the other week gives an advantage to certain people. You know what I mean? (laughs) I would never have chosen FPL first, you bastard. so that leaves the scores at Chuck with four, Oscar with five, and me with four. So fairly even. Um, and uh, me to host next. So None of us won it. None of us won it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the Are all of us good or are all of us bad? Not sure. Yeah. Not clear. Uh, so if you've got any ideas, you can email us at milesoffsidepod at gmail.com or join us on no, the page. No, don't email them. Week. Oh no! Don't them. email them. We'll all see them. Good point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Tweet us individually, <laughs> or even better, join the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash MilesOfSidePod, and then you can message us individually on the Slack if you've got any ideas. But, but yeah, good point. Don't email them. We'll all see them. <laughs> and uh, that was the bluffer brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, I mean, de- yeah. de- definitely not officially, but yeah. In partnership with Manscaped. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're changing the name. I told you. We we're must be very clear that it is not officially a partnership <laughs> with them on any level whatsoever. <laughs> Well, uh, no. but they are sponsoring our podcast, and so if you love your uh, if you love your down belows, then uh, use our code MOP twenty to save twenty percent and get free shipping on some sort of lovely product, whether that be testicle deodorant, a nice nail kit, grooming kit, uh, the lawnmower three waterproof porcelain blade technology. Oh, it's so gentle. <laughs> it's it's nice, right? It is genuinely like mm. it's smooth as anything down there. <laughs> smooth as a bowling ball, and especially um, because I I am a sweaty man. <laughs> Famously, uh, let it be known. And and when you're running around all day, sometimes runners have this as well. You're down below, you know. You don't you don't want uh, what's affectionately known as a broccoli bum. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get that deodorant on there. Glides smooth as anything. No chafing for when you're going on your long runs. If you're on your feet all day, yeah. out and about. You know, even when it is snowing outside, still, maybe. <laughs> you get hot when you're building a snowman. You get hot. Do you want to shave your balls, man? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Do you want to smooth it out? <laughs> then you can go to manscaped.com. Use code MOP20 at the checkout. Oh, mate. 20% off free shipping. <laughs> Do you want to sm- shave your balls, man? <laughs> it doesn't out. have to be your balls, man. <laughs> That's why you're the best, Chuck. <laughs> why you're the Mr. best. Jingles. <laughs> but um, genuinely, that is actually one of the best ways you can support the pod at the minute is uh, go to manscaped.com and use uh, the code MOP20. MOP20, 20% off free shipping. Um, we'll, we've got more fixtures in the way. Is there, is like, there football? How many... More football. Football, football. football. Uh, so there'll be two weeks before we come back to you, which will be interesting. Um, will Ian, yeah, I mean, another reason to jump on the Patreon is because Ian does some fantastic uh, FPL tips episodes. Uh, so if you join, you will get another one. I'm holding you to this now uh, before Game no Week worries. 21 as yeah. well, before we <laughs> reconvene. Um, but we'll look at Game Week 20 for now, that which is right upon us in just two days' time as we record to you now. Uh, we kick off with Crystal Palace West Ham and Newcastle Leeds. Uh, those are the earlier fixtures. And then Southampton Arsenal at the same time as West Brom Man City. Love it now again when there's more than one fixture at once feels better game week doesn't last for two fucking weeks um it's been a slog i know uh then we move into uh wednesday evening afternoon morning depending on where you live uh burnley aston villa uh then chelsea wolves brighton fulham come on fulham let's go let's go (laughs) safira 
Yeah. Fucking got this. Um, Ruben Hattrick, ahoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everton, Leicester, and Man United, Sheffield United. RIP, Sheffield United. The Battle uh, of the Uniteds. Then... This one's for all the Uniteds. Okay, and then literally the worst fixture Klopp could expect after a run of frustration yeah. and not being able to score. Spurs at home to Liverpool. Mourinho got a Mourinho. He is going to play to not let Liverpool get three points. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so a fairly good balanced game week, I feel. Like a lot of, apart from, you know, like Man City, West Brom and Man United, Sheffield United, literally top two, bottom two. I, I fancy Leeds to give uh, give out a dick into Newcastle as well. I mean, I think never have a pair of styles been so mismatched. Mm. Yeah, and that one also is a battle of the Uniteds. This one's for all the United. I mean, you could say that about okay. virtually any fixture in the British calendar. <laughs> I mean, there's so, <laughs> so many Uniteds. Not that many Hotspur. Just the one, as far as I can remember. Just the one, yeah. Well, no, it's Hotspurs, so it's plural, so there's more than one somewhere. It's not actually, isn't it? It's 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 Tottenham Hotspur, isn't it? Yeah, Hotspur, singular. Yeah, mm. just well, the one. Well, the FPL website lists them as Spurs. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's a colloquialism. That's, yeah, exactly. And that it's really annoys me. Premier League.com website. Uh, it's Spurs, fucking, so. Yeah, but I don't like it. I don't know why did they, Why is that the only team that gets a nickname? Anyway, now you've pointed it, out, I'm really annoyed by that. It's like when players wear their first name on the back of their shirts. Yeah. I don't fucking Who decides? Care. I don't Who decides? care what your nan called you when you were a child. Put your surname on the back of your shirt. Although it did there allow Oscar, it did allow Oscar in the early days to say uh, Chicarito. I didn't like that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess Ian's feeling a little bit horny today. He wants me to say it. I'll, I got I got to provide Chuck. Quick, yeah. quick, play the play yeah. the music, Ian. <clears throat> quick, quick, quick. What what music? The outro music. We're done. All oh, right, we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what you wanted. As always, you can drive the episode forward so quickly now. Brilliant. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. As ever, um, I got over 100 points in FPL. No chips. Say goodbye, Oscar. Chicharito. Say goodbye, Ian. I'm nearly there. Yeah, bye. Thanks, Nate Whitten, <laughs> producer, girlfriend, haver, man of the hour? Question mark. I don't know. I'm literally just padding to time. Uh, take, take care. Bye bye. Cheers. Oh, Mr. I always nail it to line up perfectly with the song. Also, you don't need to hit the end. We we used to hit it in the middle and then just let the music take over. You don't need to hit the end. It's fine. No, I like it. Yeah, okay. Fine. I mean, I'm going to leave all this in. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Testicles. (laughs) So childish.